and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the podcast for fans of the Milwaukee Brewers, run by me, Sean. You can find me on Twitter at Haders here. And of course, Mark, who is at UK Brew Crew. Mark, how are you? I am very well, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to the bank holiday weekend coming up. Is it a bank holiday? You know, uh, every day seems to merge into another. <laughs> uh, yes, it is, because I've been working from home. So, uh, yeah, I have to log on and do eight hours of work a day. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to Friday, uh, where I don't actually have to turn a computer on. <laughs> well, it's uh, the sun shining, and that makes it just a little bit easier, doesn't it? It um, does, and I look forward to going into my garden and uh, chilling out with my family for the day. The first thing that we probably want to uh, to mention is to say thank you to uh, Batflips and Nerds. For those of you in America that don't know who they are, they're uh, a UK general baseball podcast. They actually got a chance to uh, interview Craig Council during the week and they gave us uh, a bit of a heads up and asked us if we wanted to ask them a question ask uh, craig a question which we did and he uh, he answered so really wanted to sort of say thanks and appreciate the opportunity to uh, be able to speak to one of our own really so that was that was pretty cool and then i have one other little thing now milwaukee brewers please don't take this the wrong way i'm not having a go at you but last week i got followed <laughs> by the milwaukee bucks so um, brewers please follow me <laughs> I am trying to promote your team. It would be lovely if we could have your support as well. We are over here in the UK and that we are, we are pretty serious about following the team. So come on, uh, come on, Brewers Twitter Arty, get to work on this one for us. Um, <laughs> I think, um, am I right in saying, Mark, I'm sure I am, that pretty much all of the other UK accounts are followed by the, their major league teams. We're not so no pressure, Brewers. Come on, yeah, we're not asking it. for anything, just a follow. So, yes, Mark, just following up on what you said about the backflips and nerds, and obviously I echo your thanks on that. It was great that they uh, they actually introduced Craig Council to the pod, uh, which was fantastic. Yeah. The question that, that we posed were, was your best moment as a brewer, as a, as a player or as a manager, uh, and which one would have eclipsed the other? And what was his question? What was his answer on that? Can you remember? He answered as a manager. Um, his best moment has been uh, the game down at Miller South or Wrigley Field, uh, the game number 163. He said that that eclipsed everything that he's done in baseball at the moment, So, uh, which obviously uh, yeah. me and Sean definitely agree with. It's probably one of the highlights of our short supporting careers, isn't it? Definitely. It was excellent because the, the UK uh, Cubs fan page actually tweeted and said that that game still hurts. So I thought that was <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> just twist the dagger. <laughs> just to twist the dagger a little bit. That was excellent. But no, it, it was great. And you know what? That was a great little interview as well. And, and um, you know, great for Craig Council to give up some of his uh, of his time to do that. So, you know, fair play to the backflips, guys. They did a great job. Exactly, there. yeah. Uh, again, another uh, pretty packed show today. Uh, we got a, we want to have a chat about the, the roster, just a, a much shorter chat than we had before when we outlined our 26-man roster. This is really just about the latest news, the players really that have gone down to Double uh, A AA and Triple A. We then got a chat with a lady called Jill, Jill Ward from from just outside Atlanta in Georgia, uh, who's a Brewers fan, and uh, that's a chat really about Jill's memories, certainly of the 1982 season uh, as a as a young girl, and uh, what she remembers about that amazing amazing time. We've got Brewers through the ages top trumps, and uh, hopefully the rules are slowly um, becoming uh, apparent to you guys. Uh, and again, if you uh, if you do understand the rules, can you please tweet me and Mark and let us know what's going on? Exactly. Um, you can catch and up, then we, are... <laughs> 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 um, we then want to talk about 
a hot topic, I think, for Brewers fans at the moment, really, around Ryan Braun and the number eight shirt. Should that shirt be retired if this is Ryan's last season? So, yeah, we're also going to talk to Nick Winter, Nicholas Winter, uh, who's a writer for the CreamCityCentral.com website, um, about that very subject. Uh, Nick wrote an interesting article. We're going to talk to him in a little bit more detail about that. And then finally, we've got a few questions from a few of the podcast listeners. So a pretty packed show. And uh, I think first things first, Mark, we're going to have a little chat about the roster. Yeah. Obviously, with everything that went on, uh, people may have missed, or I know that I certainly missed it straight away, uh, that there were a couple of roster moves at the end of March, just as kind of all the lockdown was happening. One of the roster moves actually affects the 26-man squad that I chose, um, but I don't think no. any of them, I don't think any of them actually affect what you, who you chose. So, uh, so without kind of holding back, I think um, the first most important thing was uh, on the 18th of March, the following four players were sent down to the Antonio at San Antonio missions. Was it Rodriguez, uh, Freitas, Mark Matthias, and third baseman Ryan Healy, who I had in my squad. So okay. yeah. I now have to find a third baseman for my spot. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think the other the others were probably expected. Ryan Healy was even though he didn't make my roster, he was always potentially going to make it, wasn't he? So maybe that yeah. was a little bit more of a surprise. Yeah, I, well, for, it was one of those things, wasn't it? Because I know that we've got um, Jerko as well. Um, yep. So he could be the, the man that they look to for the third base spot. To be honest, it was pretty much a 50-50 kind of decision So uh, when I chose my squad. So, um, yeah, we, we'll see. Um, you know, obviously in, in Stearns we trust. So <laughs> we know yeah, that they'll, yeah, get it, they'll, they'll get it yep. right. And then going on from that, uh, on the 26th of March, we had another four players sent down to the San Antonio Missions. So that was uh, Podomo. I don't know how you pronounce this one. Is it Wall? W-A-H-L? Yes, Bobby Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yardley. So that's three pitchers. And uh, Nottingham. So uh, they've all gone down to uh, San Antonio as well. And then there was also one other player, and it's somebody else that I've mentioned previously. uh, JP Fireisen was sent down to um, the Mm -hmm. AA uh, Biloxi Shookers. Yeah. So I think that leaves us with a 29 man active roster. And yeah. at least one invitee that hadn't been mentioned, and I'm not sure what kind of what's happened to him yet. So uh, um, again, I think in that second batch, no real surprises there. No. The only one which disappoints me slightly is Yardley for the simple reason is have you seen his throwing action? No, is, is, yeah, he, is, is he like a he submarine? Has, it's a mixture between a sideways arm in cricket and a and a, an underarm. It's a real Weird so under. They class that as a pro- submarine, don't they, or something like that? Do they? So, okay. I think so. I think I've heard. That. I mean, obviously, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure mm. they call that as a submarine pitch or something oh, like right. that. So there are. Yeah. A f- I've seen a few pictures that do. Not very many, uh, but he's one of them, and that must really put the batsman off. But, well, but yeah, yeah, no. All, all joking aside, I think there was no real. Um, again, no real surprises there. But like, like as you say, it leaves. It leaves 29 men on the roster, I think, at the moment, doesn't it? Yes. And, got... and one invitee still in Logan Morrison. Yeah, exactly. so Logan Morrison, I think, uh, I haven't seen or heard any news about him. He was obviously um, not mentioned in those roster moves. Um, mm. They haven't offered him a contract as far as I'm aware. So he could be waiting for spring training too um, before they make the decision on him. I know he was having a pretty good spring training before all this mm. happened. So um, they're obviously yeah. considering him. Yeah, 
as I said, when we we did the pod, um, it was actually it was a two, I think it was a couple of pods ago now. I mean, I I Brock Holt um, over uh, Logan Morrison. Um, his offensive and his defensive stats were both better um, than yeah. Morrison. So even though Logan Morrison was very entertaining and very exciting in spring training, he didn't make my my roster. Looking at the 29 that are left, to me, I think there's there's three names there that that stand out as being probably the three that would then go down to triple A. We've got one pitcher in the pack there, Gavin Williams, relatively young. He's 25 years yeah. of age. You mentioned Jed Jerko, and he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because yeah. um, a lot of experience and an excellent um, bags or cornhole player, if you've been seeing what he's been doing <laughs> on Twitter. Um uh, but I, at third base, I had uh, Eric Sogard. Yeah, part of the platoon, so wasn't it? That yeah. was in the platoon, yeah. yeah. Thinking Jed Jerko might not make it. Um, but again, it could be wrong. And then finally, in the outfield there, we got Tyrone Taylor in centre field, who I think as well we'd probably uh, lose. And we all yeah. know that, that the team that starts <laughs> the beginning of the season usually is not anywhere near like the team that finishes. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. True, yeah. I mean, and they're talking at the moment of potentially everyone's getting a bit excited about baseball spring training starting next month, middle of next month. So who knows? They may have yeah. to um, decide on that 26-man roster sooner rather than later. So um, coming up next then, we've got um, our interview that we did with Jill Ward, and she's a Brewers fan based down in Georgia. So um, shall we have a listen to that? Let's do it. Okay, so myself and Mark are delighted to have a friend from over the pond, over in the States, with us today. We've got Jill Ward on the line. Jill lives just outside Atlanta, Georgia, and she's joined us for a chat today. So, Jill, how are you, and how are you uh, during these troubled times? Um, You know, I'm doing really well, as well as we can be expecting over, you know, considering the circumstances. Managing to keep busy and, you know, hoping things are going to be getting better soon, certainly. So I was looking at a map of America earlier, as you do, and um, and uh, I noticed that the distance from Atlanta to Milwaukee is uh, around about 800 miles. So my, my question is, how my lady that lives in Atlanta supports the Milwaukee Brewers? I can see why you might wonder. Um, it would probably make more sense <laughs> if I tell you that I am not from Atlanta, Georgia. I was uh, born in Iowa City, Iowa. Okay gets me a little bit closer to Milwaukee, but um, I grew up mostly in Iowa, but my parents divorced when I was pretty young, and my dad took a job with a hospital in a small town called Rhinelander, Wisconsin, which is in the northern part of the state. So that was the first step to me getting involved with the Brewers. My dad was not a huge baseball fan, but once he moved to Wisconsin, he caught on to the fact that listening to Bob Euchre on the radio was pretty entertaining. So that he kind of started following those broadcasts. And, you know, since he was living there, I became a part-time resident of Wisconsin. And when he was listening, I was listening. So that's kind of how I started following them. And then a few years later, my dad had a friend in Milwaukee who was a season ticket holder for the Brewers. And he invited our family to come down and take in a couple of games over one weekend. And so we did that. We went down to Milwaukee and my very first baseball game was a Friday night game at Milwaukee County Stadium. And that was actually my first experience in a professional sports venue. So we walk into Milwaukee County Stadium, which, you know, by today's standards and even the standards of the time is not, 
you know, an exceptional facility. It was pretty run of the mill at that time. But man, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was pretty spectacular to me. You know, the, the green grass and the food and the smells and the huge crowd. I should probably mention that it just happened to be July of 1982. Wow. So, oh, good year to start watching. <laughs> you, you picked a good year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the seats we had were to this day the best seats I've ever had for a baseball game. They were right along the third baseline, maybe four or five rows back. You know, we were felt like you could reach out and touch the third base coach. So you could see everything and you could hear everything. And the gentleman who had given us tickets to the game sat with me for the first couple of innings and showed me how to keep score and, you know, on the scorecard, how to mark that up. And I sat there for three hours and watched Paul Molitor and Robin Yount and Cecil Cooper and Gorman Thomas and <laughs> listened to this, you know, huge sellout crowd. And man, I was hooked. There was, you know, from that day on, these were my boys. That was my team. And it's been that way ever since. Wow. That's what fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> can, can you remember the score of that, of that, that first game, Joe? No, you know, that's the sad part. I don't even remember who we played. I wish I still had the scorecard. I remember sort of the circumstances around the game much more than I remember the actual game. But uh, it was enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after 1982, were you filled with false hope like the rest of us? <laughs> we're going to be going to be this awesome team forever. And then, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it was kind of a, a it was a great experience to join the team at that point. But it was also crushing when they lost that World Series. But, you know, that was my first time with baseball. I was like, oh, you know, there will be more. Uh, yeah. You know, it'll be like this many more times. And, you know, you don't realize, especially when you're a kid and you're just starting out, that that doesn't happen very often. No. <laughs> For that tall slot into place uh, and, and be that the 1982 uh, World Series season, I mean, that that is serendipity for you right there, isn't it? So that's that's fantastic. I mean, do you, do you travel over to Milwaukee at all, uh, Jill, for the games? I know that the drive's around ten to twelve hours, isn't it, from where you are? So that's a hell of a journey. Um, I do once in a while. It's a it's about a two two and a half hour plane flight, and I do still have friends in Wisconsin. So once in a while I get there, but I've only been I've only been to a handful of games at Miller Park. I've been to a lot more at County Stadium than at Miller Park, but you know I love it when I get a chance to go. We're going to have to ask the question, do you watch the Braves? <laughs> um, I, I do. You can't help it, really, living here. Yeah, You know, of you course. listen to sports radio or you turn on the TV and they're there. And so I probably have to say they're my second favorite team. I would yeah. I root for them when they're not playing the Brewers. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> but, I mean, but, luckily, we've got the link anyway, haven't we? Because originally they were in Milwaukee before they went to Atlanta. So I guess right. you, you've got right. that link there they're anyway, sort of, haven't you? That's right. That's Another true, sort yeah. of nice coincidence. But, uh, you know, so I do I do cheer for them a little bit, but my heart's not really in it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you go to... Um, it's to a hollow the, cheer, the Braves, yeah? Yeah. Do you go to the Braves Stadium when the Brewers play? I have a number of times, yeah. I try to get there when they're here. They aren't here very often, so maybe once a year. So outside of the major leagues uh, in Atlanta, where you are, do you get to see much minor league baseball? I don't. I have never really had the opportunity to do that much. There are a couple teams within driving distance, but I've not made it to those games. It's having kids and a busy life. It's not been something that we've been able to do, but certainly I hope to at some point. And uh, you say you have kids. Are you bringing those up as Brewers fans too? Um, To the extent possible. I have two girls and to be honest, they're really not very interested they sort of, 
they sort of, you know, will watch a little bit to humor me. But uh, I have, you know, my one daughter is actually more interested in soccer than she is in baseball. So she watches European soccer all the time. <laughs> Ask her if she's ever heard of Brighton and Hove Albion, because that's Mark's team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure she has. <laughs> yeah, well, they're a Premier League side, so um, oh. so she's got more chance of have he- having heard of them recently. Olden days. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the ball, the ballpark for a moment and talk. I mean, you mentioned earlier, Jill, about the whole atmosphere. And obviously that day in 1982 is etched into your memory as being a, uh, a truly fantastic experience. It's not just the game. It's the, the crowd and the smells and the noises and the food. So I've got to ask you que- the question. What's your favorite ballpark food? And is it served in Milwaukee? Yes, I'm a traditionalist. My favorite ballpark food is the hot dog. I ate six hot dogs at a double header one time. <laughs> Good going. <laughs> so, so yeah, and they definitely have hot dogs in Milwaukee and secret stadium sauce, and you know you can't beat it. So what's the secret stadium sauce then? Because I, I mean I, I've been to Miller Park, but I was very uneducated, and I when I got a hot dog, I put. I tried one with sauerkraut and I tried one with onions and <laughs> you know I don't know exactly what's in it it's it's ketchup based and then it's seasoned with other things but I don't know what those ingredients are and I'm they're pretty tight-lipped about it <laughs> gonna have to find that out it's gonna be a mission now <laughs> a lot of Americans will tell you that um you know you're only supposed to eat mustard on hot dogs but I've always been more of a ketchup girl myself so well, if it's any consolation, I have both. <laughs> I like mustard and ketchup with both. So, Mark likes to get his money's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like food, so, you know, <laughs> I'm all about that. The only uh, major league stadium that I've ever been to is um, PNC Park. When I went and saw the uh, the Pirates play the Diamondbacks going back about, I don't know, seven or eight years now. I was, it just so happened there was a ball game on, so I, uh, I went over to and that's a beautiful stadium. But their, they, their signature dish there is the famous Pamanti Brothers sandwich, it's called. And it's this, I don't know, it probably sits about six inches tall, this sandwich. And it's got the <laughs> bread either end. And, and there's, you know what, there's fries in there and there's meat in there and there's slaw in there. And it was just ridiculous. The whole thing's held together with a great big wooden skewer. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That was, so how do you, you know, how and you know do there was something there like was, that sitting in your seat at the ballpark? That's what I wanted. Oh, with, with much difficulty. <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, there's two things I remember about that game. The first was the sandwich because it was it was pretty outrageous, and the second thing was that um, the game finished after seven innings because um, there was a humongous electrical storm in Pittsburgh that night, and um, we got through seven innings and then the game was abandoned. Well, I'm sorry that it got cut short. That's terrible. And you're one chance to see a game and you don't even get to see the full game. We're talking about London 2020. Myself and Mark and many hundreds, if not thousands of other baseball fans in the UK uh, are obviously gutted that London 2020 has been cancelled this year, obviously in line with the rest of baseball around the world, really. We had the Cubs and the Cardinals um, coming to London this year, and that would have been fantastic for uh, certainly for a couple of Brewers fans like me and Mark who had the plan just to sit there and boo both teams <laughs> drink copious amounts and, and be yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm so sorry you have to miss that opportunity that would have been great well hopefully they'll come back you never know I'm yeah. sure they will yeah. I'm sure they will yeah they that's probably, the thing isn't it so. they probably have games on the schedule for next year already 
You'd hope yeah, so. Although there was a, a rumour that they were going to move them into Europe, weren't they? Paris or somewhere like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But. So along those lines, let me ask you, you know, before I encountered you guys out there in the Twitterverse, I really did not, I was not aware that there was a growing following of baseball in the UK. Is that starting to be a big thing? And I'm also curious as to what teams are popular over there and if they're the same teams that are the most popular here. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the baseball movement in the UK is getting bigger. Um, it has been growing for sort of the last three years or so. Uh, there was a group of guys that set up a, a project basically called the MLB UK Community. Um, and that's how we've kind of established. So we've got a Twitter account for every team, every major league team. Um, and I and the person that runs the one for the Brewers. Because the Brewers are a small market, I'm one of the, the lowest followed. But I mean, saying that, I've nearly got a thousand followers now, so I'm quite chuffed by that. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox are fairly popular. Uh, for some strange reason, the Philadelphia Phillies seem to be very popular. Um, have no idea why. But um, but luckily, I, I get along with the guy Dave who runs that that account. He's uh, he's also a Brighton Hove Albion fan, so we've met up a few times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously the LA Dodgers are, are fairly fairly well supported. Uh, I think the San Francisco Giants are. Um, but yeah, yeah the, you'll, the, well, you'll find Yankees hats everywhere. As well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Most people don't know what a Yankees hat is, though. That's the problem. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're 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 trying our best to promote baseball, basically, um, over in the UK. So we're we're getting somewhere, and obviously the London series has really helped. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the the leagues that we play in, because I also play, aren't particularly big. So there's only kind of possibly less than a hundred teams throughout the entire country, um, and that's that's the other aim of what we're doing is to try and promote people to go and play it as well. So um, yeah, it's 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 becoming bigger, and the the interest is getting better. But it's it's not as big as it would be, um, and it's certainly not as big as the cricket following, uh, which is kind of the the national sport, isn't it? Um, and I know Sean plays a lot more cricket <laughs> and, and watches a lot more cricket than yeah. I do. So um. yeah, I was yeah, trying absolutely. to follow Sean's cricket lessons on Twitter. <laughs> I need to print out all of your tweets and sit down and like watch a game on TV so I can have a frame of reference for the things that you're saying because it's pretty overwhelming all of those rules. Yeah, I mean, and you know what, Jill, it's it's just like baseball. I mean, baseball in essence is a really simple sport, but when you get into the minutiae of the sport, it's actually rather complex, and there's a lots of rules and lots of um, things that happen which you know aren't immediately obvious to the uh, to, to the people watching. So. Cricket and baseball, very. the reason I did that on the Twitter feed was they are very similar in essence, but they're also very different in other ways as well. And, and you know what? I had, a good, I had some good fun during lockdown writing those tweets. Um, yeah. I had sore thumbs at the end of it, but um, yeah, I hope that uh, some of the guys that listened to uh, that, that read them uh, got some enjoyment out of that. You should live tweet an inning sometime so that we could follow along and maybe get a better understanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a form of cricket called 2020 cricket, um, which is a it's a short sort of it's about the same length as a baseball game. It takes around three to three and a half hours to play, and that's a very aggressive form of cricket, very very offensive based. And I I think many many baseball fans would like that because it's like going to a you know it's like, it's like watching a game of baseball sometimes. So baseball in the UK, as Mark said, it's got. It's got a nice little community now. Um, it's very, very much a minority sport. 
all those guys that went to the London series last year, I don't think there was 80,000 baseball fans there. I think some were just there for the for the experience. So the community is small, but it's quite tight knit and you know, lots and lots of interesting stuff goes on. Lots of the guys like Mark and other guys that run um, the official UK fan Twitter feeds, they organize meetups all around the country and we watch baseball and drink beer and just uh yeah and just talk really and that's all different fans coming together you know as you can imagine um you know we don't there's no no allegiances by by area in the uk you just follow a team and and that's it um so yeah it's getting bigger and it's getting better and um yeah hopefully that will continue well that's fantastic and you know i would say that it's true in the u.s too that a lot of the people who go to any individual game aren't baseball fans that they're going for the experience and that's part of the great thing about baseball is that it is an experience and whether or not it's your team or you know all the rules or are really even following what's going on you're going to have a good time so I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it's catching on over there a bit yeah I think it's I think I'd describe it as a very slow burning fuse but um yeah I mean I think it's like a lot of sports once you once you get into it when it gets into you it's you know you just love it and uh, you know you you know well we we love the sport we think it's yeah. amazing and uh, yeah. yeah sorry I was going to say definitely the the sizes because obviously I um, I play and I get I'm involved in in running a team as well um, we we kind of speak to the uh, the British Baseball Federation who run the Great Britain national team um, and we play in their leagues and we they say that there's in the region of about 25,000 people in the country registered to play softball and baseball but oh, wow. only about three and a half four thousand of them are registered to play baseball the rest are registered to play softball so it's kind of you know the baseball side of things is very very small at the moment but we're trying our best to, to get as much more interest as we can and I think the British national team as well have, have been really stepping up recently uh, they they were nearly they weren't far off qualification for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics um, which was a bit disappointing they didn't quite get there but you know I mean it's the fact that they were nearly challenging there for, for a country that's so small at with with the baseball is is really good to see so um, yeah so we're we're out and, and hopefully we're going to make the sport bigger in this country that's fantastic. I didn't even know you guys had a national team, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're run by um, by Brits that grew up in America that have then come back. Well, that's great. Well, you know, if there's more guys like you guys out there for every team, you're certainly great ambassadors for the sport. So I'm sure that that bodes well for the future of baseball in Britain. Yeah, we certainly hope so. Um, and did you know, Jill, that the U.S. have a cricket team? I didn't know that either. No. <laughs> there you go. You see. Yeah, you'll if you know what if you look into the archives, you'll find you'll find history. Um, Abraham Lincoln himself attended a cricket game. It's that that's recorded in history. Yeah, it was played in the Philadelphia area for quite some time in the late 1800s, but then clearly baseball completely took over, and there was only ever going to be one winner. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Wasn't uh, baseball was actually born from cricket as well, wasn't it? Or, or there was a very strong influence of cricket from. Um from the UK uh, at the time when the uh, affiliations of like the, the actual proper rules of baseball were, were introduced. I think it was something like 1830. I was looking at this really geeky. I was looking into it. Um, 1830, I think it was, there was a, uh, a Yorkshire cricket bowler who was sort of nearing the end of his playing career. He played, for, I think he played for Sheffield 
uh, emigrated over to New York and uh, started a cricket, or was, became an affiliate uh, affiliate of a cricket team in New York. Uh, they held the first ever international sporting event, and it was the USA versus Canada in cricket. So <laughs> another weird uh, kind of thing that's fallen out. But his son ended up, uh, well, two of his sons ended up becoming um, the Hall of Famers. Um, they they were kind of instrumental in getting. Um, uh, baseball started uh, and I can't remember their names now yeah, I, I think I what we'll do we'll offer that as a prize on the pod anybody who knows the name but Jill you can't enter this yeah. anybody who knows <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ma- was... Mark will send you a prize in the post <laughs> yeah yeah something like that yeah well we were talking about getting some mugs weren't we with uh, a little logo on <laughs> we were yeah, yeah. So, well it's, you know it's good to see that, that um, you're really immersing yourself in the baseball culture yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, definitely know things that I don't know. So do you guys follow do you guys watch baseball movies and read baseball books and things like that as well? Um yeah, I've I've seen a few. Um I yeah, Moneyball was the first one that I remember watching properly. Um I've since watched a few others on Netflix. Um but yeah, I haven't I haven't seen an awful lot. I mean obviously 42, um which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the, the big one really, isn't it, that you you kind of need to be familiar with that story in baseball. I've got three or four books that I keep meaning to read. I, I don't tend to um, to read too much apart from on Twitter and sort of the MLB website and things of that na- nature. But I watch some of the movies. I'm, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic, so I do love Field of Dreams. As crazy as the film is, I do like it. Um, oh, from Iowa, that is my favourite. Yeah. And you know what? They were playing. Weren't the White Sox going to play there this year? Yes, they were. I have the feeling they will if they can't do that this year i'm sure that they'll go back and do it maybe next year because they've invested a whole lot of money in building a field there now so yeah yeah i saw that yeah that would be absolutely amazing um so i love that movie yeah 42 is great moneyball is a great movie certainly introduces you to the mathematics of the game which i think's wonderful and the one i watched most recently and really enjoyed was about the the black Sox. so the uh is it eight men out um a- of that oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that one. That so you guys thing. haven't seen Major League? No. Um, As Brewers fans, that is required viewing. Okay. You know, because they wow. filmed parts of it at County Stadium. Most of the stadium, the home stadium shots were filmed at County Stadium, and Bob Uecker stars in the movie. Wow. I mean, Bob Uecker is a Milwaukee legend, right? So. Um, Absolutely. No, and it's a yeah. funny, funny, funny movie. You guys will really enjoy it. I, I promise you won't be disappointed. My other favorite baseball movie is Bull Durham. Ah, oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's good one. That's a good film. And actually, surprisingly, I've got a friend who emigrated over to um, North Carolina, and he, that's his local team, uh, the Durham oh, the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Although I did, I did remind him that actually, if you go thirty minutes the other way, the um, Carolina Mudcats are <laughs> equally just as far away. So um, he was like, "Oh, that's a great that. name for a team, isn't it?" We love, so, you know, the names of some of these minor league teams are absolutely fantastic. I mean, obviously, one of the feeder teams for the for the Brewers the, the, in Double I, the Biloxi Shockers. I, I had to I had to research what a shocker was because it's not not a word that we use. And I found out it's a little knife type implement used for opening oysters and shellfish and things like that. Yeah, see, um, you know, being from the Midwest, I thought you know, shucking to me is corn, taking the husks off of corn. So I right. didn't understand that for the long. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then when I looked at the team's badge, it's like a little oyster with little eyes peeping out of it. And I thought, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know what? Because 
in in the absence of baseball, I've been playing on the PlayStation and um, I've been playing um, the show, you know, the MLB, the show. Obviously, it's all it's all good fantasy stuff. But I got drafted to the Akron Rubber Ducks, which to me is probably <laughs> the best name in baseball. If someone would have said to me, do you think this is a real name? I'd have said no. Maybe that's what we should look into more more minor league teams <laughs> and their their names. Oh yeah, definitely. We could have a competition on that, real or not. Yeah, you know, person, absolutely could. Nobody would be able to tell. Oh yeah, yeah. But we look, you know, and you know what? We, we spoke about this on previous pods, Jill, and you know, the, the game of baseball is amazing, but it's its own little world. It has its own language. It has its own statistical, you know, set of stats. It's more than just a sport, you know. It's a it's a complete little little world of its own, and um, absolutely. There's one thing that has occurred to me the last two podcasts of yours that I've listened to. Tell me more about this Top Trumps game that you play. That, as far (laughs) as I know, is not something that we have here in the United States. And I've more or less caught on to what you're doing from listening to you. But where does it come from? What is what is the Top Trumps game exactly? Okay, that's a great question. Um, So I think every every child in the UK, certainly of a certain age, was brought up with Top Trumps cards. So so. So what the top, top trumps were, were a set of cards, like playing cards, and they had all different themes. They could be sport related. They could be, you know, anything, cars, anything you like. Cars, uh, motorbikes, cars, those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what you would have on each card is you would have some basically like statistics. Um, and you might have, you know, if it was if it was a football or soccer player, for instance, it might be how many appearances, how many goals they scored. You know how many times they were sent off, or whatever the whatever the, the the criteria was, and you divide the cards between yourself, and you basically play. So then I would, you know, I'd look at my card and I'd read out a category, and if my number beats Mark's, he gives me his card, and if uh, his number beats my number, and then the aim of the game is to win all the cards, and that's pretty much what Top Trumps is. And there are hundreds and the superhero versions that there's there's hundreds of different versions that you can see you know if you check it out on amazon for instance you, you'll see lots and lots of stuff there so we we were looking for a game to play on the pod and um what we've done is we've just adapted the concepts of top trumps and made it uh, a baseball game so obviously we're using the stats and every time because we physically can't exchange cards obviously every time the batting team or the bolt the pitcher uh, pitching team should i say wins then that's a strike and uh, every time that the batting team uh, wins then obviously they get a hit and that's kind of what we're doing in that in that game to be honest me and mark are still trying to work out the rules and we're playing it so. <laughs> we're getting better aren't we? Uh, but... we we are getting better we are getting better but yeah no so, so that's really what it was we just wanted something that we could we could take over from pod to pod and just uh, play what must be the slowest game of baseball in, in history. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's good fun. And we hope you're enjoying it. I am. Thank you. I appreciate the explanation, though, because I was like, I was kind of scratching my head as to what that was all about. So. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to demystify that. I was going to say, well, now, hopefully that you've asked the question. You've ex- We've explained it to everybody else that's now scratching their head thinking, what on earth is this Top Trump's game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. I probably I pe- was not the only one. <laughs> I think people are just too nice to ask us, Mark. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks for um for giving up some time uh, out of your morning to to chat to us. It's been just as enjoyable as we hoped it would be. So for everyone who's listening out there, you can find Jill on Twitter. So give Jill a follow at just a bit outside, which is one of my favourite uh, Twitter handles. Um, 
give Jill a follow. She's a, a Milwaukee girl, uh, well, an Iowa girl, via Milwaukee, who now lives in Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, show us some <laughs> brewer love on fan. Twitter. She's a Brewers fan. She's that's all you need Brewers to know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you need to know. She's a Brewers, Brewer through and through. Um, so, Jill, thank you so much, and uh, have a great day. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on. That's right. Thank you very much, Jill. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was Jill Ward from just outside Atlanta, Georgia. I think you'll agree, Mark. She was a lovely, lovely lady to talk to. Yeah, she was. She was. And Jill, you'd, you'll be pleased to know that I'm currently holding Ireland. She may make an appearance this afternoon. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a good interview, wasn't it? It was. was it was I really great. enjoyed. Yeah, we had a good long chat. Particularly pleased with uh, the fact that she, her first memory was the 1982 World Series year. Um, yeah. Which is obviously enough to hook anybody into a, a team, I guess, mm-hmm. isn't it? When when everybody's playing so well. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, anybody that would have seen their first ever baseball game in 1982 probably would have been a Brewers fan. Yeah, and, and it was interesting because after the we, we spoke to Jill, we did a bit of research and we got back in contact with her. And we think that the game she saw was the White Sox. Uh, with with the help of Jill, who helped us do some detective work on that, which was a win for the Brewers. And actually, that day was a Roly Fingers save as well. So pretty amazing so, yeah. first game for anyone yeah, to attend. Yeah, I was going to say some of the, the legends she would have seen in that. Yeah, definitely. So and something else that Jill mentioned, apart from the fact that she said she once ate six hot dogs in a doubleheader, which I thought oh, was pretty say, amazing. Yeah. That's pretty really um, good for anybody, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, she, she mentioned top trumps, and I think it's important or it's interesting this because me and you as kids probably played top trumps. We kind of assume that everyone knows what it is, and maybe maybe we've just assumed too much. Maybe um, it's a British thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, obviously, in that in that chat with Jill, we tried to explain a little bit about, about what it is. So hopefully the guys listening to the pod, um, when we come to that section of the show, will be able to follow... I'll tell you what, why don't we go across now and play that third inning? Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay then, so here we go. It's the top of the third for those who remember last time. UK Brew Crew 3, Josh Hader's Hair 0. However, I said this last time, we're going to come back and do some work. So, I'm going to pick myself a randomly generated year. 2015. I'm feeling good. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And my picture position is number two. Number two. Number two. Okay. Interesting. And for your good self, your randomly generated year is... 1975. So 1975, AL East again. It wasn't a particularly great year by the looks of it. We finished fifth out of the six and uh, yeah, had a 0.420. I had 1975 last time as well, actually. Did you? Yeah. I'll yeah, have randomly. to check that this number is generating these numbers as randomly as it's Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as we don't get number four. You got number five, believe it or not. Got number five. Uh, yeah. We're going pitchers as well, aren't we? Yeah. So number four pitches, was was yeah. the batter. So yeah, 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 we're fine. Definitely have a different player. I have Kyle Loser. How do you pronounce that surname? L O H L O H S E, isn't it? Yeah, Loser. Yeah, that's right. Is it? Yeah, Loser. He's Loser. Yeah, that's probably right. Lose. Somebody will correct, correct us, but yeah, Kyle Loser. Yeah, I've. Somebody I've definitely, definitely needs, to, needs to correct me. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the picture of him, actually, he has a Minnesota Twins hat on, so uh, clearly he played for the Twins either before or after us. 
yeah. born 4th of October 1978. I haven't found one yet with a nickname. I need a player yeah, with no, a nickname. Right. Well, other than obviously Ocho for um, Brian Braun. Yeah, I've got um, Ed Sprague. I think that's how you say it. It's, it's spelled Prague, but with an S on the front. So is it Sprague or Sprague? So I'm Again. sure somebody will correct us. <laughs> I think I think um, the people that uh, that listen will know so much more than us <laughs> can correct yeah, us on exactly, that pronunciation exactly. of these names. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah obviously uh, born 16th of September 1945 uh, and from Boston, Massachusetts. So let's do this. Yes. So it's you up, isn't it? It is me up, and I'm going to play whip. Walks and hits per innings pitched, 1.345. Remember, lower is better. Lower is better. That's annoying because I have (laughs) 1.500. Okay, so that's a strike to you. Games started. 4-1-8. I have a feeling you're getting your three runs back. (laughs) Okay. Based on your game started, I'm going to pick War. Wins above replacement at 18.5. 18.5. This this guy has got a quality War. You'll be so impressed. It's <laughs> 1.2. But it's not just 1.2. It's a minus 1.2. It's a minus 1.2. <laughs> so if he hadn't bothered turning up, they would have won at least one game more. Yeah, basically. Yeah. He cast them. No. That's a strike out, mate. That is a strikeout. That is a strikeout. So you stay on three. Wow, I tell you, I've really got the hang of this pitching light now. If only we could bat. That's all we need yeah, to do exactly, now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was it's definitely a lucky start, wasn't it, in that first inning? <laughs> okay then, mate. So, here we go. Your randomly generated number is... 1981. 1981. That wasn't a bad year. We had a .569. Uh, finished first in the uh, AL East, and we got to the AL Divisional Series that year uh, and lost oh. it to the New York Yankees. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and your randomly generated number, your picture is number seven. Number seven. Okay. And so for me, my randomly generated year is 1997. So let me just find that. And my random number is six. Again, you know, I'm feeling confident that I could I could get some runs on the board here. You could. I'll play my cards right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm unsure Who do you on have? this one. It could be good. Um, I've got Reggie Cleveland. And obviously I'm, I'm coming from a season where we had quite a good season. So I'm, I'm quietly confident on this guy. Uh, he's... Uh, 71 years old, born 1948, 23rd of May, uh, and he's from uh, Canada. I have Doug Jones, right-handed pitcher from Covina, California, uh, born 24th of June, 1957, so he's 62, um, he's 62 years young. Your pitching, it's I up am. to you. Right, it is. All I can say is be careful, because this guy yeah. is good. <laughs> <laughs> is he? I'm trying to work out whether you're being sarcastic there now. Mm, right. This is my poker face. Is it? Is it? Let's let's find out then. Let's go for um, let's go for strikeouts then. Let's go strikeouts. So Reggie Cleveland had 930 strikeouts. Oh, 
Doug Jones had 909. Oh, one strike. One strike. Okay. Cool, this is interesting because these two seem like they're going to be very close together. I think um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's go with game started, 203. Okay. This guy was clearly a relief pitcher. Game started, four. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another strike. Right. Um, let's go for then. I think I should be safe with this one then. Innings pitched, 1,809. 1,128. Ah, three so, up, three down, mate. Three up, three, three down. Up, three down. Oh, nightmare. So it's still 3-0 after after three innings pitched now. What I've managed to do so far is I've managed to stop your aggressive start, but uh, unfortunately my batters haven't got out the box yet. No. So 3-0 uh, yeah, going into the top of the fourth. We'll do it again next say, time. Yeah, I would definitely say it was beginner's luck <laughs> the way it was going. Well, it's now become a tactical game. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I think I need to buy my team some new bats or something. I'm not sure what it is, but um, yeah. yeah. Lisa, Mark, it's always a pleasure, and I shall meet you next time for the fourth Excellent. innings. Yes. Oh, mate, what's going on with my offense? <laughs> Still no runs. Still no runs. But, you know, I, I had hope for you when you had uh, Kyle Lowe's. I mean, obviously a player yeah. that we, we're uh, a little bit more familiar with because he's a bit more of a recent player. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, Ed Sprague. Sprague? I have never heard of him Sprague before. Sprague? Sprague. Yeah. And it, it's spelt yeah. the same way as Prague, isn't it? So let's say Sprague. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Reggie Cleveland coming in to save me in the, uh, the bottom of the third day. Mate, the minute I picked Doug Jones, I knew it was all over. I just did. <laughs> yeah, nightmare. So, nightmare. Bit, of a different, bit of a different contest this week, wasn't it? From, it was from the a last little one, bit. So. But I keep telling myself, that's only the uh, that was the bottom of the third, so we've got plenty of time, plenty of plenty runs of in, the, in the team, yeah. I'm sure. So a bit of a different week this week from last time. Uh, but I suppose at least I didn't have Ryan Braun again, mate. Yeah, that's true, actually. But you know what? Reggie was good enough to get you the outs anyway that you needed, so... Uh, Never mind. Interesting you say that about Ryan Braun. A um, lot of speculation, a lot of talk at the moment about um, whether his is a shirt that we should retire, that number eight shirt. You got any immediate thoughts on that, mate? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's definitely uh, put the, the stats out there to have his uh, his number retired, hasn't he? Um, but yeah. obviously there is the, the slight asterisk against his name from the uh, from the Peds. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a chap called Nicholas Winter who um, who writes for the CreamCityCentral.com website, and he wrote you know an interesting little article about this. So we approached Nicholas to see if he'd uh, want to be on the pod, and he, he kindly agreed to come on and have a quick a quick chat with me about this very subject. So let's go over to see what Nicholas's take is on the subject of whether Ryan Braun's shirt should be retired. Okay, so one of the, uh, the the subjects that many Brewers fans are talking about at the moment is Ryan Braun and uh, the shirt, the number eight shirt, um, whether that shirt should be retired if this is Ryan's last season with the Brewers. So who better to talk to about this than uh, than somebody who uh, who writes for the CreamCityCentral.com website? Um, somebody who's a big Brewers fan, but is also 
starting out on his sports journalism career and has written a, an excellent article on this very subject. And that guy is Nicholas Winter. So, Nicholas, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. You're most well. Yeah, so I read with interest the article that you, that, that you wrote. I glean from the article that you're a, a big fan of Ryan Braun and that you're a big fan of him um, getting that number eight shirt retired. Yeah, he was the first player that when I started to uh, get into the Brewers, I was able to kind of recognize and I remembered who he was. And so he's been my favorite player ever since that I've been a fan of the Brewers. Yeah, sure. And you know what? I think there's, there's a couple of things. I mean, you could argue a case for the prosecution. You can argue a case for the defense with Ryan Braun, can't you? We ran a poll on the podcast uh, Twitter feed a couple of days ago. And amongst Brewers fans out there, it's a, it's a two to one split. We had 65% that think the shirt should be retired. Um, and there was 35% that thought it shouldn't be. Um, and there was one or two that thought it should also go the same way as Jim Gantner's number 17 shirt, which is kind of unofficially retired. No one's worn it since since Jim Gantner retired in 1992. So I think it sort of polarizes the Brewer, the Brewers fans. Yeah, you know, it's it's a difficult subject to talk about because some fans are stuck on the point that he uh, used performance enhancing drugs and that should really not allow him to get his number retired. Mm-hmm. But I disagree with that because, you know, he, he even said himself he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. And it's probably because of the incident back in 2013. But I don't think that should uh, stop him from getting his number retired. I mean, he's top three in so many major categories like runs, uh, hits and total bases. It's just kind of a no brainer. And I think this is right. I suppose the thing with, with retiring a shirt is that there is no official criteria. It's really it's something that a, a club would award a player for for great service, isn't it? So there's clearly two very different thought processes at the moment amongst Brewers fans. There's those that are thinking tangibly, looking at the stats, they're looking at the the uh, the service that that Ryan Braun has given to the Brewers, and not just the service, but also how he's performed in that time. And then there's the emotional side as well, um, and those who have more of a slightly more purist uh, take on things and can't really get past the the PED issue, which was, I think it was back in 2011, wasn't it? Um, but it was a year or so before he was uh, officially um, officially found guilty. Yeah, so I think the allegations started in like the 11 playoffs or the 12 mm. playoffs or something like that, and then he got suspended in... 2013 yeah. for about 65 games, I think it was. Yeah. See, so, yeah, 65-game ban, yeah, I believe it was split into a, fifth, uh, a 15, a 15, but yeah, it was a 65-game ban in total. So, you know, I had a quick look at this because I tried to separate the, maybe in the way that you did when you wrote your article, but I tried to separate the the emotion really out of this and I, I kind of had a look through through the stats of um of brewers players you know that have gone before uh, we obviously specifically looking at the uh, five brewers shirts that have been retired and i'm sure pretty much every brewers fan out there knows you've got paul molly taught number four robin yount 19 uh roly fingers at 34 hammering hank aaron at 44 and then bob Uecker at 50 so just for my own understanding just did a bit of a, a stat comparison Obviously, we can't compare Ryan Braun to, to Roly Fingers because he's a pitcher. And Bob Uecker 
he's really an honorary retirement. Um, a Milwaukee legend, but somebody I think who was more famous after he retired than when he was playing the game. So when, when you compare Ryan Braun to the likes of Molitor, Yount and, and Aaron, and I know that Hank Aaron was only two years with the, the Brewers. He was 12 years with the Milwaukee Braves. But I've basically looked at his 14 years of service as a player for Milwaukee. The stats are quite interesting. And you picked up on your article, Nicholas, about his slash line, 298, 365, 33. When you compare that to to those guys, th- those those guys are all Hall of Famers. And as much as we love the Brewers and Ryan Braun, it's pretty, we're pretty confident he won't make Hall of Fame because of the PED. And I think we have to accept that. But just looking at the question of retiring his shirt, this is purely this is an internal Brewers decision. And when you look at those guys who have been retired, those are the offensive players. The stats stack up. I mean, Ryan Braun's is slugging and his OPS and his OPS plus are better than Molitor and Yount. I mean, this is a guy who's got six and a half thousand at bats under his belt and over seven thousand, seven thousand two hundred plate appearances. When you try and separate the emotional side and the fact that, yes, nine years ago he committed an offence, he's you would hope he served his time and that he's paid the price and that he's as a person as well as a as a player, he's seen the error of his ways and improved. But when you look at his stats, they are pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of go back on what you were saying. I think that he has served his time. I mean, you know, he can't go to an away stadium without being booed. And that's been year after year. Yeah. And, you know, I just think that, you know, his his time that he served, you know, he's been such a vital part of this organization. He's really become, you know, like the leader in the clubhouse. And I think that itself shows that he's kind of served his time. Yes, yeah. I mean, he's he's well known for doing for doing good work now within the community, and hopefully, you know, you, you would suggest that that shows the moral fibre of the man. I mean, nine years ago, you know, nine years is a long time. Um, he was more immature. Maybe he was influenced. And I, you know what? I'm not making excuses for the guy. I'm just um, I'm trying to look at this, you know, through a, an untinted lens and saying, well, has he has he committed an offence since? No. You know, does he regret it? it? Absolutely, he does, and he's he's gone on, you know on record to, to say that. Um, he's doing stuff in the community to help, uh, which is fantastic. He has an unblemished record since, and quite interestingly, going back to the article that you wrote, you believe that his effect on on Christian Yelich has been uh, has been quite big. Yeah, I read something like about a year ago. And he has really helped Yelich adjust to his MVP life because, you know, as you know, Ryan Braun back in 2011 won the MVP. So he has experience in, you know, adjusting yeah. to that life because it is a different life. Yeah, sure. He's, he's certainly a massive influence uh, in, in, the, in the dressing room, isn't he? And uh, yeah, I, I, I dare say Christian Yelich would, would absolutely um, would reflect on that and agree. Yeah. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. So, having looked at the evidence, I'm struggling with why we wouldn't re- retire his shirt, apart from the obvious issue. What do you think? What's your opinion? Do you think that the club will be able to see past that and retire the shirt? Or do you think that they think it would set a bad example for, for future players? Well, Mark Ananasio, I know, is a huge fan of Ryan Braun. And I think that alone would probably get his number retired. But, you know, there's, he's just been 
one of the clutchest players in Milwaukee Brewers history. I mean, we all watched his grand slam against the Cardinals in the ninth inning last year. I mean, that's just insane. I just don't see how the Brewers, after, you know, the the PED, I just don't see how that, you know, he's been so clutch over his entire career that they could not overlook that. Yeah. When you look at some of the biggest moments, in, certainly in recent Brewers history, he was involved in, in one way or the other, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, you'd think that a guy, you know, in his mid-30s would, you know, not be as productive as he is, but Craig Council has done such a good job, you know, managing managing his playing time that he's been able to stay productive well into his uh, late 30s. Sure, yeah, the club. I think the club have looked after him, haven't they? They've seen that uh, he's, he's a major influence, he's a major player, and they want him to play for as long as possible. It, yeah, he's coming to the end. I mean, this this would be his 14th year as a Brewer in the 2020 season. That that is a lot of a lot of years to play baseball at the, the, the highest level. And you know what, people people who may listen to this and who are not Brewers fans would would kind of would say, well, of course, I don't think there's one person who is not a Brewers fan who would say he should be tore his shirt. Because if you're not a Brewers fan, you're not going to see past the drugs offence. I think that's that's probably fair. But as a Brewers fan who's enjoyed what he does and who's actually taken the time and, and people like yourself and, and other people have taken the time to actually analyse the career, not just you know, and see past the emotion of, of, of what happened in 2011. For me personally, I think the shirt should be retired. I'm looking at his stats and... They're, they're quite breathtaking. For me, I'd retire the shirt. And and 66% of Brewers fans agree with that. So, you know, if if, if Anastasio is a big fan of, of, of Ryan Braun as well, then um, maybe the writing's on the wall and maybe it's going to happen. Yeah, we hope so. I mean, well, at least Brewer fans that want his number retired, and it seems to be an overwhelming amount, considering the comments that I've seen over the past few weeks. Okay, well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Nicholas. For all the guys listening out there, you can you can find Nicholas on Twitter at Nicholas One Winter. Um, and as I mentioned at the start of the of the chat, uh, Nicholas writes for the CreamCityCentral.com website. He writes all things brewers for those guys. So, um, and I think every time you you write an article, Nick, you post it onto your Twitter feed, yeah. Yep, yep, that was my first one. So, uh, should be another one probably coming in the next few weeks. Great stuff. Okay. So, yeah, show Nicholas some love on, on Twitter out there, guys. Give him a follow. Nicholas, take care of yourself, and uh, and hopefully we'll speak again uh, in the near future. Yeah, I would love that. Take care of yourself. Cheers now. Bye-bye. See ya. So that was an interesting uh, discussion there with, with Nicholas about, about Ryan Braun. And you know what? It's a it's a very, very emotive subject. And, and I mentioned when, when I had a, that chat with him, Mark, that, it does polarise Brewers fans, although when we ran the poll uh, a few days ago, Brewers fans voted in favour of 2-1, to one, I think it was 65% to 35%, that they believe that Ryan Braun's shirt should be retired. The Brewers, the majority of Brewers fans certainly seem to think that that shirt should be retired. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm of the opinion that actually it should be. Um, he's been a brilliant servant for the for the team. You know, we're looking at if he does play 2020, 14 years service. Yeah. He's only ever played for the Brewers. Obviously, he's a, an MVP or a former MVP. You know, he's he's done wonders for the team. Yeah, he's, he has been the face of the team. He's got some pretty good stats, um, which obviously we're going to talk about in a second, um, particularly if you compare him to the other players that have had their shirts retired. So, um, 
I made reference to it when I had that chat with Nicholas. Um, I wanted to try and take the emotion out of it as much as I can. Uh, we know all about the PED, and we can have a quick chat about that in a second. But I wanted to look at his his contemporaries, say his contemporaries. I wanted to be able to do a comparison to other players, um, and that's why I looked at Molitor, Yount, and Hank Aaron. And we know that Hank Aaron only played two years with the Brewers, but he did play 12 years with the Milwaukee Braves. So I just yes. added his 14 years together there. And I just wanted to do that as a as a comparator, if nothing else, taking everything else out of the equation. And the things that really stood out for me was that stats such as home runs, slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS plus, Ryan Braun, his stats are better than both Paul Molitor and Robin Yount. And that, that surprised me when I saw that, because those guys are not just Hall of Famers, but they are... Milwaukee legends. Yeah. So when you have this, when you do that comparison, just as a player, and to your point, he's played as a as a brewer for 14 years. He hasn't played for any other club. When you look at his service, you look at his loyalty. You know, you, you can talk about clutch as well all day long. But when you just look at the cold hard numbers as well, seems a bit of a no-brainer to me. There's some great figures there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, like you say, he's he's surpassed Molitor and, and Yount in quite a number of things. I mean, particularly if you look at the number of home runs he's hit, you know, he's 344 to date, uh, going over sort of Molitor and Yount, who are 160 and 251. So, you know, he's absolutely dwarfed Molitor um, yes. and, and hit, you know, a third again over Yount. So just those kind of things. And, and actually, if you look at how many home runs he's hit compared to the amount of hits he's had, Molitor and Yount were, were 2,000 plus, 3,000 plus, and, and Ryan Braun hasn't even hit 2,000 hits yet, and yet still hit yeah. more home runs. So, you know, like yeah, you say, clutch player. Yeah, clutch player. So, yeah, and I, I think he's a Brewers legend, but he's he's everybody else's demon, isn't he? You know, um, whenever you go, to, particularly to any of the NL Central teams, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cubs, do not like to see Brian uh, uh, Ryan Braun step up to the plate because they just know that he he pulls out his best games against those sorts of teams. Yeah, definitely. And it was interesting, you know, Nicholas made reference to that very point. And you know, when we spoke about he served, you know, we think he served his time, etc. You know, he can't go to a, an away ballpark without getting booed without people no, uh, chucking just beer over him. Mentioning what, <laughs> no, mention, yeah, mentioning what happened. So the other player that compared him against obviously was Hank hammering Hank Aaron his stats for the for the 14 years he played in a, a Milwaukee shirt are absolutely unbelievable again another Hall of Famer don't need yeah. to tell the people about him everyone knows who he is the only stat really there where Ryan Braun beats him is on stolen bases and he beats yeah. him considerably 215 stolen bases um uh, for for Ryan Braun uh, but apart from that so Hank Aaron beat him on every other stat having said that we're talking 98, 97, 99% comparisons on on-base percentage and slugging and OPS. So you look, Hank Aaron has an OPS of, of 902, Ryan Braun of 893. So even though yeah. so even though the only stat that uh, that uh, Ryan Braun beat Hank Aaron on was stolen bases, on the rest, it was on the, you know, on the, on the, uh, the tip of a knife, really. You could fit a cigarette paper between them, couldn't you? Pretty um, much. So we're both giving it the big thumbs up, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say retired shirt, um, probably be on the walk of fame at least for uh, the Brewers. But it does ask the question, you know, as an MVP or a former MVP and, and some of the stats that he's had, does he make the Hall of Fame? And the the Peds is probably the thing that's going to cost him that, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I, I think so. He's not he's not going to get into Cooperstown, is he? It's one of those things. No. And, and I must admit, the retiring his shirt is a Brewers' decision. So that's a decision that, that Brewers can the Brewers can make on their own. And we all agree, we both agree, should I say, that that shirt should be retired. Hall of Fame, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame, only because because of the PED. I don't really think you could put someone in the Hall of Fame who has that. Having said that, I think the Hall of Fame is full of uh, some pretty unsavory characters as well. So it's not like everybody <laughs> in there is an angel. We're going to retire the shirt. Yep, and I shall wear my Ryan Braun shirt with pride. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Well said. Okay. Okay, then. So, mate, it's been a great show. Uh, we've just got a couple of questions that um, have been sent in uh, before we leave. I think you've got them there in front of you, haven't you, mate? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the first question that came in was um, from At Sports Standings. Um, and he said, he asked, how did we become Brewers fans? Um, now, I went into this in depth on the pilot episode that I did for Roll Out the Barrel. But I'll kind of give a, a shortened version. Pretty much, I moved from one area of the country to another so i picked up baseball as a new sport um, and i had a look at the names of all the teams in the mlb and because i like beer brewers stuck out that's pretty much how it comes down to it um what about yourself sean yeah i think beer is definitely a link isn't it um definitely <laughs> yeah so for me it was um a little bit different so i've been a big cricket player and fan all of my life baseball is not a million miles away from cricket so to, to watch and enjoy baseball has been relatively easy for me, um, loving bat and ball sports. But I actually got into baseball, um, I have to be honest, so this is through my, my eldest son. So my oldest son is actually the, he runs the UK Cubs page here in the UK, fan page on Twitter. So um, I chose the Brewers. Yes, there's the beer link. I love Bernie Brew. I love the slide. I love uh, everything about the club. But also for me, it was good to have some rivalry there with my son. Well, there's, there's plenty of big rivalries in baseball, but I think Brewers and Cubs is up there amongst the best of it. So really, yeah. that, that was it for me. Um, I landed on the on the Brewers, and um, I'm delighted that that was the decision that I made. Yeah, we're glad to have you on board, mate. The second question that came in was from uh, one of my team mates actually at the Kent Mariners, uh, Lucy Chapman. Um, oh yes, she, hello Lucy. Yes, yes, who also has her own podcast called Lucy Pod and she's trying to promote women's baseball in the yep. UK. So if you get a chance, uh, give her a pod a listen. Definitely. But yeah, she asked the question, uh, what's the best and the worst thing about being a Brewers fan? Um, so do you want to answer that first or do you want me to go? No, I'm good. I, I can go for that. Uh, yeah, best and worst. Okay. The best things about being a Brewers fan, I love the fact that the Brewers are a small franchise. We are a close-knit franchise. And certainly, in my, I know that there's been plenty of dark times at the Brewers, but in my time of supporting the team, we're punching above our weight, punching well above our weight, and I love that. I think we have an ability um, to get the best out of everyone who plays for our team. And uh, I, just, I just enjoy watching our team play as a unit, and that's their strength. We have a great fan base. The, the the Brewers fans on Twitter are just fantastic. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And they, yeah, I mean, they've welcomed us both into the into the family mark, haven't they? And uh, yeah, that's, pretty much. That's amazing. And of yeah. course, we have an MVP in Christian Yelich. So, yeah. well, you know, the, these are the best things for me. And you know what? I could probably list another seven or eight things. For me, uh, the, the best thing as well um, was was really the uh, the Twitter fan base, really. Um, have kind of embraced, um, supported, retweeted. 
um, and yeah. uh, really really got behind us and, and they, they're kind of enjoying our story as well you know so um, for me yeah it's definitely kind of the fan base um has has been exceptional um and yeah. i look forward to getting over to milwaukee um and and being able to to watch games with with fellow fans that's uh, the dream isn't it mate it, definitely it certainly is yeah. so the worst I might be psychic. I reckon we've got a similar a similar answer for this yeah, one. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think so. So the worst thing for us, mate, is being so far away from the action, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, basically. That we can't just say, do you know what? Should we go watch the game on Sunday? <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a pretty long journey, isn't it? You know, I, I've done it before. It's a it's a nine hour flight to Chicago. It's a two hour drive to north from Chicago. It's a yeah. early morning, late night. You know, um, yeah, the distance isn't great. Um, which means, obviously, with with the uh, the time difference and, and watching the games overnight a lot of the time, um, that's that's probably the only thing that that kind of is is the sour point of it. But actually, it's not the sour point because somehow we still follow the team, don't we? So well, we do, yeah. You know, you know, I don't know how we, I don't how we manage it. <laughs> I to be honest, I don't. I don't. So um, yeah, but that's that's. Yeah, that's I mean, we're, we're three thousand eight hundred miles away from Milwaukee, which is an awful long way. So yeah. we not getting to the games, the worst thing. And yeah, sometimes the the times of the games can be a pain for us. It, it's certainly messy with our body clock, but. Yeah. You know what? If you're going to follow US sport, you've got to put up with that, right? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. way it works. We've got time for one more question there, buddy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this one came through on Twitter um, from BigC350. Um, he says, uh, has Sean been signed by the Brewers on his road to the show yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Um, no, is the short answer. I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still working my way to, up, up to that. I, I got drafted by Cleveland Indians and... Um, I started playing for the Akron Rubber Ducks in Double A, which is an amazing awesome. name for a team. Awesome. Um, yeah. Then went up to Triple A with the uh, the Columbus Clippers. Uh, then made the show with the Indians. Um, nice. And I'm I'm just you know what I'm just working hard. I'm grafting and I'm hoping that that Stearns and Council and uh, and Anastasio are going to pick me up at some point and uh, yeah and then I can play for the franchise. So no, still at Cleveland, but um, you'll be the first to know Chris when I make it for the to the, to the Brewers, mate. <laughs> Superb. Good stuff. Oh, you know what, mate? It's been another busy evening for us, hasn't it? It certainly has, yes. Yes, I guess we uh, we ought to um, kind of call that a day then, haven't we? Absolutely. We'll call it a day. Uh, again, as ever, everyone stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for the, the likes and the retweets for the uh, for the pod, which is at UK Brew Crew Pod. We do appreciate all the love and all of the uh, all of the support that you guys give us. Me and Mark just love doing this and we love talking to people about everything baseball and about everything Milwaukee Brewers. So keep listening, keep responding, and uh, we'll keep trying to entertain you as best as we can. Certainly, while we wait for the baseball season to start. So, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna bid you adios, my friend, and uh, yeah, I shall see mate. you in the near future. Yes, look forward to the next one. Cheers, guys. Go Brewers. Cheers, mate. Go Brewers. <laughs>